So this morning we are going to be looking at this whole kind of adventure of what it means to explore what the role of evangelist is, what evangelism is, who should do it, how we do it, how we can grow in the gift, how we can learn, and that kind of thing, okay? And then we're going to hear from a few different people and their journey of what they've kind of discovered as they've kind of unpacked and uncovered what it is to to work in this kind of role. And then at the end, we'll just have some time for some questions and answers as well. So if you're kind of thinking, well, I've heard this stuff today, but what about this issue? Or how do I kind of work through that? What happens if I've done this and they do that? And then hopefully we'll be able to help you with some of those things as well. Just so you guys know as well, for the rest of the week, um, we've got uh, tomorrow, uh, we're doing looking at this uh, seminar on who cares, and then we're going out in the streets in the afternoon. It's kind of a questionnaire kind of idea that we can kind of help people to understand a little bit more about kind of the big questions in life. And then Thursday and Friday, we're doing outreach. And again, if you're coming out on any of those outreach afternoons, then you come to the seminar in that morning. And then on Friday, if you've come to this one, you might well want to come back on Friday, uh, sorry, Saturday. Because we're going to be looking at how do we kind of do this stuff at home? You know, it's kind of relatively easy kind of being a way to do things a bit differently. But at home, maybe the church you've come from is a small church. Maybe you're the only person in your youth work. Uh, How do you kind of do this kind of idea? How do you explore those kind of things? How might you set something up in your school or in your church? You're desperate to do stuff, but no one else wants to. All those kind of things. We'll be looking at some of those questions on Saturday morning as well. Paige, are you up for doing this first? Cool. Okay, if you could please give a massive round of applause for Paige. Paige is going to just share a little bit about her journey and hopefully uh, encourage you as well. Okay, thank you for having me, listening to me. Um, So, I guess my story has to start before I was even a Christian. So kind of a little bit of background about me is that when before I knew Jesus, I was so shy, like really painfully shy. I'd come from kind of a bit of a broken home, kind of tricky situations. Okay, so just to reiterate, if you didn't hear before, before I knew Jesus, um, I was so shy, like painfully shy, didn't want to speak to anyone that I didn't really know very closely. I really enjoyed spending time on my own in my room. And um, yeah, so that was that. And I had a lot of pain, really, um, just from um, my kind of family situation. And I don't know if you can relate to that. But then Jesus broke into my life in such a powerful way. And he showed me an unconditional love that I had never experienced before. And it just broke, it broke me. And um, I just knew him in one, in one moment, really, that kind of grew over time. And then I kind of like drifted. I don't know if you can relate to that, but it wasn't like I didn't believe in Jesus. Like I knew him, I knew he was there, but I didn't really know what it meant to follow him. And then um, maybe three years ago, um, he spoke to me in a really, really profound way at New Day. Um, about his faithfulness and how he'd been there in every moment of my life. And I just, I just in that moment, said, okay, Jesus, I know that you're real and I want to follow you. Would you show me what it means to follow you? I want to give my all to you, which is kind of a bit of a scary prayer. Um, 
And then after that, I just could not stop telling people about Jesus. It was um, my favorite thing to do. I just, because I'd experienced this, this love and this purpose and this calling that he'd given me, um, I just wanted to tell all my friends about how amazing and wonderful he is. And I was talking about him on the bus, like any opportunity to talk about Jesus that I was there. And I guess um, I didn't recognize anything in me that meant I, like, I didn't even know what evangelism meant. Um, but all I could do was share him and share the news that I'd heard and had known in my own life. And um, I ended up doing, by accident, an alpha course. I ran an alpha course in a school, and 40 um, young girls came, and 10 of them gave their lives to Jesus at the end. And that was just incredible, and it was the best feeling in the world, knowing that I'd given the small thing that I had, and other people had come to know this amazing God that I had experienced. And at that time, other people kind of saying to me, oh, have you ever kind of thought about evangelism, getting some training in it. And I looked around, I couldn't really find anything, but God had promised me um, an opportunity. And then at the end of um, 2015, um, I did outreach boot camp. And this just played such a massive integral part of my walk with God in my learning, um, how to share the gospel in an effective way. And then um, an opportunity came up to do an internship with a church that I'm still with. And um, basically, over the course of a year, I went out on the streets um, pretty much every day, just learning by doing. So I took the tools that I'd taken on Outreach Boot Camp, the things that I'd learned. And what I did was, well, Rob, um, who you'll meet at some point, I'm sure, said, okay, Paige, it's time to go out. So you can just go out for three hours um, and just tell people about Jesus. At which point I was like, oh, I don't know what to do. Like, how, what do you mean? Um, so I just sat on a bench in the middle of our town square, which is tiny. And I just said, Holy Spirit, like, give me the words to say. Show me someone to talk to. Send me to a place to go. And basically that is... Um, how I learned to tell people about Jesus really effectively was just by relying on the Holy Spirit and his inspiration and um, just going where he said. So I learned over the course of a year just by doing what it means to hear God, um, what it means to um, listen to words of knowledge and how to pray for healing. And um, I saw some amazing healings. I got to go into a prison and lead someone to Jesus. And I got to lead um, a few more people along the way. And I'm still learning and it's still nerve wracking. Um, but it's, it's my favorite thing in the world. And I guess that's how I knew um, that I had some sort of gift of evangelism. Um, everyone's called to do the work of an evangelist. We are all, this is our purpose in life is to tell people the good news. If you have been entrusted with that message, you have a responsibility to share that with the world. And that is what Jesus said is our purpose in life. Um, but I also just felt when I was telling non-Christians about Jesus that this is where I was made to be. Like this is where I fit. And actually when I came to outreach here, I saw the guys up the front and I thought, Yeah, I never really felt like I fit anywhere else, but this seems really good. And so it was really cool to get some training, um, to learn some new models of evangelism and just kind of like give it a go. And I guess that's kind of my method of doing things is just having a go. Sometimes it goes wrong 
wrong. Sometimes it goes right and it's really amazing and it's not glamorous all the time. Um, but you, when you get those glimpses of people knowing Jesus and you can see their minds changing a little bit and understanding who he is, that is the best thing in the world. So I guess that's kind of my story. And I'm going to hand over to Shannon. Hello. Oh, that was loud. Is that loud? don't know. Hey, um, I'm Shannon. I'm from London. Um, but I've recently, well, not recently, in the last nine months, moved to Attleborough. So Paige is my best friend. And I was like, I'm going to live with my best friend. So I did. Um, and I sort of, my story really begins, obviously, knowing Jesus, the, the, the story of everyone, how evangelism begins. And really, I pegged myself, so my mum is an evangelist, um, I pegged myself as being just like her, so I am very like her, and my mum goes out on the streets and she tells people about Jesus, and I was like, I'm going to do that, so I've been doing that for sort of years, and then what was funny was I sort of decided that I would never be like a relational evangelist, I was like, that's not for me, I don't want to be friends with people, I just... (laughs) I just want to tell people about Jesus that I don't know and never have to embarrass myself with again. Um, and then I moved to a church with Jazz. And we had, I don't remember why, but we had a prayer meeting. And Jazz prophesied over me that I was going to be a relational evangelist. And genuinely, I rejected it. I was like, not having it, Lord, not for me. Um, but over the course of moving to Attleborough, my opinion on that has massively changed and I've seen the outworking of it in my life. Um, so I started just a normal, like, non-Christian job just in insurance, which was obviously wildly exciting. Um, and basically, I met people that I just, I suddenly had just a real desire to see them know Jesus. And I've, I've had non-Christian friends all my life and I've always wanted them to know Jesus all my life but suddenly suddenly there was a grip on my heart that just I needed them to know Jesus and I realized that Jesus is absolutely everything and there's just no there's no church without sharing the gospel like that was that's my that's my mission that's our mission as Christians and we're all called to do the work of the evangelist and it's been really on my heart so one of my friends um She's the kind of person that you would never tell about Jesus if you didn't know Jesus. Um, Well, obviously. But (laughs) sort of the furthest person from Jesus. She's lived a crazy life, never ever gone to church, never anything, and just was suddenly really interested. She was like, what is it about you? I don't know, mate. Um, (laughs) but it's Jesus, and I just, I suddenly, like, we developed a friendship, and I suddenly just felt a real pull on my heart to just pray for her, and to just talk to her about God whenever I got the opportunity, and to be honest, she asked more questions than I wanted to answer anyway, Um, but she's recently done our Alpha course, Um, so me and Paige ran an Alpha course in our home, and then we moved it to another home, because it was a bit too big, Um, And she came along to the Alpha course, and she came every week, and she's like, I know there's something. And one of our nights, we sort of prayed for her, because she had, like, a sickness, or I can't remember. And 
basically we prayed and she went away for a week and she said I'll know that I'm healed because I'll go like when I go away I'll get the pain and she didn't she didn't have a pain so she came back like oh I didn't have any pains when I was away and I was like thank you Lord so that was amazing and she's been coming to church a bit and it's it's just really rewarding like I love street work and obviously that's what we're doing this week but there's something really precious and just amazing about building relationships to share Jesus I don't have any friends that don't know about Jesus now like I don't have any friends like that the first day I meet them I'm like do you know Jesus is real and they're like what so yeah that is basically my story of that so yeah I'll just uh, share briefly a bit of my story and then we'll hand over to Jazz to kind of unpack what the Bible has to say about this. So I hope that what you're picking up is that Shannon and Paige are different people and therefore God uses them, but slightly differently. And actually every single one of us has been uniquely created to be us. There's no point in trying to be someone else because they're already being them. No one is, you need to be you because no one else is you. You are the only you that there will ever be. Did you know that? And and I think that really helped me to understand stuff. As I was been kind of going on this journey, really since probably about the age of 12, 13, I became a Christian. Although I'd grown up in church, I became a Christian about the age of 12, 13. And always through, or a lot of the time through, kind of growing up in church and growing up as a Christian, coming to events like this, looking after youth work when I worked for a church, kind of constantly learning and trying to copy other people. And it never seemed to quite work. They always were slightly better at being them than I could be them. And actually, as I kind of learned to just be me and be comfortable about me being me, actually what I found was God used me. Because actually, I was starting to be the person that God had created me to be. God knitted every single one of us together in our mother's wombs to be us. And therefore, if we're working in the way that God's created us to be, we're going to be working in the right way. So I just want to encourage you, as we, as Jazz just shares a little bit in a moment, just to be really open to hear what God has to say to you. Our prayer this morning as a team was that for some of you, this will be the session. Whether this is your first time at New Day or, like me, you've been pretty much every year since 2005, you know, actually, there are those moments that you remember when God speaks to you significantly. As Paige has already said, it happened to her in a session like this. And we're trusting and believing that God's going to do the same thing for a number of you today, that you're going to go, oh, this is why I came to New Day, to hear this session, to be here, to hear God's call in my life. Because for me, as I said, growing up in church, um, I kind of, I used to love uh, drama, not that you can guess. Um, I used to love being in the school productions. I was in my school production of Annie, where I played not one role, but twos, two. I was Drake the butler, and I was also the person who pushed President Roosevelt's wheelchair. Uh, And uh, I used to love kind of performing and kind of presenting stuff and all those kind of things and did the same thing in church, really. Um, I was kind of that kid. Uh, in church who, um, you know, kind of was asked to kind of host some of the meetings or kind of represent the young people doing the prayer or whatever it was, and just kind of learned how to present and how to be emboldened to do that, that actually not to be afraid or timid of speaking and sharing about who we are and what we do. 
And when I was about 15, 14, 15, um, I really got into um, studying creation and dinosaurs and Noah's Ark and did dinosaurs really exist and how can we kind of have old earth or young earth or middle earth you know you know how do you kind of how do you make all these things a few little nods middle earth that's the lord of the rings uh you know we kind of how do you kind of balance all the stuff what evidence is there that creation is the way that it says in the bible what can we all those kind of things and i remember kind of getting into that and studying that and uh, so at one point in year nine uh, double science our teacher, Linda Kazmati, um, started to say, nobody anymore believes in creation. Everyone now believes in evolution. And of course, as you'll know, if you're 14, 15 years old and a boy, you know everything. And I said, miss, you're wrong. And she said, I'm sorry? It's not that advisable to do that in year nine. But I said, miss, you're wrong. I believe that God created the world and there's loads of evidence to show that. And she said, okay, well, next double science lesson, you've got two hours to tell us and teach us all about how God created the world. So I did. And and in the middle of that, you know, kind of stood up in 14, 15 years old, sharing about kind of all this kind of different evidence and how there is. You kind of learn that your friends don't always agree with you. And they can sometimes show you using different signs of their hand and different words to suggest that you may be a bit weird. And, uh, you know, you kind of have to be ready when you're doing the work of an evangelist. You are going to come up against people who don't agree with you. You are going to have to get into moments of discussion where people disagree with you. And so kind of learning how to deal with that kind of thing was really helpful. Because in the moment that people are rejecting you, it feels, they're not actually. They're actually rejecting God, not you, but you're just representing God. And so in those moments, you have to actually go, do you know what? I'm just sharing God's words. I'm representing God. If they reject that, actually they're rejecting God. They're not rejecting me. Those guys were still my friends and still are today, some of them. But actually, not all of them follow Jesus. And they've chosen to reject God. But they're still my friend. And actually in the midst of all that you do and all that you grow in, as you share Jesus with other people, people won't always go, amazing, I want to become a Christian as well. They might tell you to go away in no uncertain terms. They might say, oh, not again, shut up with all the God stuff. It's all right. It's okay. You just do what you need to do and be faithful with what God asks you to do, to share him with other people and let God deal with the consequences. And that's also really releasing. And when I learned that, that was so helpful because I didn't learn that in school. I learned that about 10 years later to actually go, do you know what? If people don't like listening to the message, it's God they're not listening to, not me. Actually, it's all down to God what people's reaction and response is. That's why it's really helpful when you're sharing faith and learning to share God's stories to get into prayer. Because actually prayer will be the thing that helps equip you, but also helps guard you against any kind of uh, people or, or, or challenges that might come against you. Just to kind of do a really quick whistle-stop tour. So year nine finishes, then I did GCSEs, A-levels, went to university. Um, strangely enough, I was known in the university as a bit of the gobby one in the Christian Union. And we ran a missions week, and I had basically the task of advertising our missions week. And what that meant was I stood outside our marquee and very loudly would welcome people warmly for a free lunch and a talk. 
At that point, the um, university newspaper got hold of it and basically started kind of really going against what we were doing. They were basically saying, we've got this really horrible individual who's just shouting and being oppressive and being vile and God bashing and all this kind of stuff. I was like, I'm just inviting people for lunch. Genuinely, that's all I said. There's a free lunch. That was it. Um, But they really didn't like what we were doing. But as a result of that, I met a guy uh, called Steve Lee, um, who's at Hope Church Winchester now. And um, he kind of took me under his wing as someone who's been a bit of an itinerant evangelist. means he kind of goes around different places, helps serve other churches. And uh, he taught me um, how to do street work. So just as Paige, uh, sorry, as Shannon was talking about street work, um, we didn't just kind of go out and tell people about Jesus. We did some stuff as well. So this was what I first learned as an evangelistic technique for doing street work. This is, in fact, a six-buckle straitjacket. And I have probably escaped out of this particular straitjacket, I don't know, something like over 200 times, I would say now. So I can do this. It's my little trick. And as we do that, we kind of, as I did that, I talk about freedom. We talk about the message of freedom that Jesus brings. I've also got a guillotine. We saw people in half, got a torture board, handcuffs, all that kind of stuff. Now, why do I tell you that? Because not everybody, of course, has a straight jacket at home. I mean, some of you do, but that's a different story. But not all of us have got that kind of thing. Very few of us have got a guillotine at home or a torture board, that kind of stuff. Well, actually, that was just what I really enjoyed doing. I loved being out on the streets and getting out of straight jackets and telling people about Jesus. But I do realize that that is not the only way of sharing faith. And in fact, most people won't encounter Jesus or hear about Jesus through that. But for me, that was my way in. And as we kind of learned that, and as I learned how to share quickly and briefly the message of Jesus, as I talked about just kind of one aspect of the gospel, about the freedom that Jesus brings, about how the fact that many of us walk around in straight jackets, not like this, made out of leather and canvas, but made out of the things we wish we could be free from, but the things we can't, like fear, depression, sickness, hopelessness. Just as there is a way of escaping from this straight jacket, there's no way out of some of those things. There is only one person who can bring true and lasting freedom, and that's Jesus. That's the script (laughs) for that particular bit. I don't know if you picked up on that. I knew it quite well. But that's the script for that, and that's just that one aspect, and you share that story, and for someone that will land, and someone it will just sow a seed, someone it will be a first step towards Jesus, for someone else it will be the thing that helps them cross the line of faith. But as I kind of got into that, I realized that there are lots of different ways of sharing faith, talking about Jesus. And so I started to kind of look and study and learn, and I got read lots of books. Get yourself to the bookshop. If you want to grow in this gift, get into the bookshop and find some amazing books. Get hold of some amazing talks that you can get online. You can kind of look up, you know, kind of training in evangelism talks, all those kind of things. Look back on all of our New Day sessions over the last few years. Listen carefully to Adrian when he shares on Thursday night. I've, I've borrowed so much material from Adrian over the years here at New Day going, that's such a good line. I love the way he crafts that, the way he looks at that. That's really helpful for me. I'm going to take that. I'm going to use that. Borrowed stuff from Jazz over the years and Rob. Borrowed stuff from our friends at King's Arms Church in Bedford. I just kind of borrow stuff from people. And in all of those things, I'm trying to learn and grow my heart and grow my understanding of how it works in order that God can use me. Because I want to be the best vessel I can be. Because ultimately, I can talk about Jesus until the cow shed opens or even the cows come home. 
But unless Jesus is in the midst of what's going on, as Paige said, unless the Holy Spirit is active and speaking through me, nobody's life is going to be eternally affected. I can give the best gospel presentation, the most immaculate. I can get no words wrong. I can get everything absolutely bang on. I can have practiced and recited, got it off pat. It's an amazing talk. But ultimately, it's only God who can bring salvation. And the first person I led to Jesus was when I did a year out in uh, after, after university it was for me. And I did a year out learning and growing in how to do the work of an evangelist. And I really encourage you, if that's something that you've got a real heart for, to start thinking about, to start looking at, to start learning. What opportunities are there for me to be able to train? Who can I learn from? Who can I get alongside that can take me out onto the streets with Shannon or Paige or others like that? Is there someone in your church or someone local who you can learn from and just steal some ideas from? Borrow them. Don't steal stealing bad, borrowing good. But just borrow ideas. Learn from others. But the important thing is, and with this I'll finish and hand over to Jazz, the important thing is to be the best you that you can be in that. Don't try and be Adrian, because Adrian is Adrian. Don't try and be Jazz, because Jazz is being Jazz already. You be you. You be Hohi Hong from Texas, USA. You be... You be you from King's Church, High Wycombe. You be you, wherever you are, whoever you are, in whatever place you are, no one else is you. You are the only you that there is. You are the only person who has your exact mix of friends. You are the only person who is in your school, in your position, in your class, who is you. You are the only person in your church, in your youth work, who is you. You are the only you there is. So please be the best you that you can be in order that God can do all that he can through you. Because if you're being the person he's made you to be, he's going to bless you and anoint you and use you in amazing and glorious ways. Ladies and gentlemen, Jazz Potter. Morning, guys. They only had to contend with voices. I'm now having to contend with singing. It's fine. Um, as you know, I'm Jazz Potter. I'm from Croydon Jubilee Church. Thank you. It's a great church. Nobody's here from Croydon to cheer it, though. But um, I get the joy of talking to you a little bit about what an evangelist actually is. I was 16 years old and sat in a meeting just like this when someone came along and prophesied over me that I would be an evangelist. And truthfully, I had no idea what an evangelist was. I was like, well, it's a word, but I don't understand the concept of it. I mean, who knows what they are? I hadn't got a clue. But over the years, I've begun to pick up what it is. So let's hope we can get there at some point in the next 15, 20 minutes. Um, Before I thought about starting this, I was like, perhaps I ought to check what the word evangelism actually means, because I know what I think it means. So I checked in a dictionary, and it simply said this, It's a person that advocates for their thing. So if you're passionate about PE or sports and you just wax lyrical about it all of the time, you could technically say you're evangelistic about sporting achievements or whatever you do. But actually, in the context that we're using it in, and today it's more used... Sorry, I'm going to shout louder. I've got to shout louder. Can you hear me at the back? Simon's going to help me out. If you are um, an evangelist today, it means talking about Jesus, describing 
what he is doing, the good news of Jesus Christ. So you know that the New Testament has got Matthew, Mark, Luke and John right at the beginning of it. Well, they're four men that you could say are evangelists because they described what Jesus did and what he has done. They described the good news of Jesus. And so being an evangelist is simply describing the good news of Jesus, which many of you know what that means. Well, I hope you do. But we are all called, and Shannon and Paige both referred to, we're all called to do the work of the evangelist. What does that mean? How does that look for us? Because some of you will think, an evangelist, I've got to be Adrian Holloway. I've got to get up on a stage. I've got to preach. I've got to invite hundreds of people to come to Jesus. When I was 16, I thought an evangelist had to wear a white suit and go on television and ask people for their money. That's literally what I thought an evangelist was. Some of you will think that you've got to go on the streets every single day and tell people about Jesus. Paige loves doing it. I don't love doing that. I don't tend to do it. Um, Some of you have heard this morning that Shannon just is going to go around making friends with lots of people and have the most Facebook friends in the world and love people. Whatever your gift mix is, if you love talking to people, that's great. And that's one way of doing evangelism. But we've all got a different gift mix to be able to do evangelism. Yes, yes. I can think now. In Matthew 28, at the end of Matthew 28, Jesus gives us a commission. And he simply says that we're to go into the world and make disciples of all men. It's a going word. We're to go into the world. They're not going to come to us. We need to go and make those friends, start those relationships on a one-to-one, be genuine and be real. In 2 Timothy Timothy 4, Paul is writing and he writes to Timothy, Timothy is like a really gifted guy, but he said, look, despite all your gift mix, I want you to carry on doing the work of the evangelist, telling people about Jesus. And Paul himself, when he's writing to the Romans, he goes, do you know, I can do all this stuff. I can plant churches. I can start this. I can do that. But actually, my goal in life is to tell people about Jesus, to proclaim him to in places where he's never been proclaimed. That was Paul the Apostle's own goal. So we are all called to do this work. But what does it look like for you? I am... I didn't know, as I said, when I was 16, what it would look like or what it actually meant. But what I found myself doing was if there was a book that came out that was recommended, I often found myself buying it. It went on my bookshelf. I can't promise you that I read it straight away. But I was like, oh, there's a book on evangelism. I think I'll have that. And then at church, we, had, we employed a guy who became along and he was an evangelist. And on Friday nights, he would go out onto the streets of Wimbledon and we would go with him and just talk to people about Jesus. And what I found, that every time there was something evangelistic going on, I would kind of join in. And I realized that I was more and more drawn to that. And this morning, I'm kind of realizing that you had a whole pile of seminars that you could have gone to today, but you guys specifically chose to come to this. That there is something inside of you that rose up and thought, I'm going to go and find out what that is. There is something already saying, there's something about an evangelist. I want to know what it is. I want to know what, where I fit. And for many of you this morning, you will hear what we are saying and you'll think, that's where I belong. That is for me. That is the thing that I want to do. 
I want to tell people about the good news of Jesus. For others of you, you've walked in here and there's a little bit of fear. You're like, there's no way I'm going on the streets or there's no way I could preach from the front. But actually today, I believe that this is going to be a significant moment for you as God just takes that fear, your father takes that fear from you. I often, when I'm teaching people on how to, to, to tell people, you know, be an evangelist, I often say, share your story. Nobody can argue with your own story. And you've all got a story to tell. So my story, I'm not going to give it to you, but I was once a Sikh and I became a Christian. My husband has grown up in a church family and has, you know, had God put into him right from the start. Didn't actually give his life to Jesus till he was about 18, 19 years old. We've both got very different stories, but people like to hear our stories. When you make a new friend, you can share what God has done for you. No one can argue about that. That's my safest, easiest way, my best technique. Nobody can argue with your story. He is good. Um, I kind of want to join in. Um, The other thing that I would also say is not just about your story about how you got converted, but your story of what you're doing in your life. Like, oh, I went to church on Sunday and this is what happened. Or um, I had, you know, you got healed or somebody else, you know. Any story that you have that involves giving God glory, giving God praise, or pointing people towards Jesus is a valid story. I take anybody's story and I will share it and reshare it and reshare it if that gets people thinking about the things of God. The thing that I do want to say to you and make it really clear, it is not your responsibility to do the converting. You don't need to make people say the prayer of repentance or forgiveness. That is not your responsibility. It's God that does the converting. It's your father that does the converting. Your responsibility is to be a faithful witness to all that Jesus has done for you. Just describing what Jesus has done, the good news that he has put inside of you. Just be faithful with that bit. Let him do the other stuff. You be faithful with your bit. And it isn't even about the prayer. I want to just get lift that myth off as well. Um, I had a really good friend, Elaine. I've been friends with her for about 10 years. She's a, an older lady. And, um, and I, so just, she was one of my neighbours. I just made an effort to be her friend. And, uh, and where we lived, she, there was only one way on and off where we lived. And so there was a short way off, but I committed in my heart that I would drive the long way off the estate every single time. And that every time I drive that way, that I would pray for her and her family. And I did this for about 10 years, purposely. It was only short prayers, one-line prayers. God hears those two. Just praying for Elaine and her family. And I would drive off the estate. After about 10 years of, of loving her and being her friend... Um, she asked one day if she could come to church. She'd been to church a couple of times in that time. She asked if she could come to church. And I said, yeah, sure. She walked in with her husband. Her husband actually couldn't walk. Um, he damaged his back. And during the morning, there'd been a word of knowledge about a bad back. Um, and he was miraculously healed. And he walked out of church that day. And he spent the whole week telling everybody at his workplace, I don't know what went on in that church, but it's spooky. And over the next few months, they kept coming to church. And uh, didn't give their lives to Jesus or anything like that. And then one day, 
she um, was in her room and she just said, this, this was her prayer. She said to Jesus, she goes, well, Jesus, I've been using your facilities for quite a while now. I think I'd like to get on your bus. That was her prayer of commitment. She didn't say, oh, I'm sorry for my sins and please forgive me and Jesus come into her life. Because really, it isn't about the words we say. There's no magic in the words. It's really about connecting people with Father God, with his Father. It doesn't matter what the words are. So please don't get worked up about getting it all right and, you know, making it all perfect. It's between, it's a heart connection between your heart and Father's heart. And actually, I remember driving Elaine home a couple of days later, and she was really buzzing about the whole Jesus thing. And I hadn't really given her much theology or God stuff, and she just said to me, Jazz, do you know what? It's like I've been born all over again. And I hadn't told her she'd become a born-again Christian, but she herself had fully understood that in encountering Jesus, she had become born again. And a few weeks later, her husband also uh, gave his life to Jesus. Now, in that story, I want to pick up some things. It took 10 years. Some of you aren't much older than 10 in here, I suspect. It took 10 years for her to get to the point of being in a comfortable enough relationship with me to be able to say, yes, I want to know Jesus. Her life is transformed these days. The other thing is that it was grounded in prayer. I wasn't the only person that prayed for her. Lots of people in our church knew her and were praying for her. But we covered Elaine in prayer and her family. And they have come to know Jesus. The other thing that I really want to pick up is that I love Elaine. I loved Elaine from the moment that I met her. Like I had a genuine love for her and her family. I was genuinely interested in her. And I would do it for the one. Jesus did it for the one. And you pursue people for the one. It's not about, you know, not just on your evangelism post. It isn't about seeing hundreds of thousands of people saved in an instant. But it is about meeting people, connecting with them. And it is about having a heart of compassion and love for them. And letting them know who Jesus is. Describing Jesus to them. As I said, you might not all be called to do the big thing of going out and on the streets and all the rest of it, but we've all got a story. We can share our stories with our friends at school. We can share our story with our neighbours. You might not want to do, you know, you might not want to lead an alpha group or you might not want to do an alpha talk, but maybe you get involved in alpha anyway. Maybe your church is doing stuff on the streets and think, well, I can't quite do that just yet, but I can serve behind the scenes and I can do that and enable other people. Whatever your gift mix is, you can use that to tell people about Jesus. This this morning, I want to be able to address two things. One is, as we've been listening today, your heart is like, yeah, I just want to tell people about Jesus. I just want to see people change. I want to see their lives transformed. And you're thinking, I want to be anointed to do that. I want to have like a real boldness to go and do that. I'm going to be praying for us uh, to to be able to do that. But the other group that I want to address is those of you that are going, Jazz, there is no way. There is no way would I ever have the confidence or the boldness or desire to tell other people about Jesus. Like fear grips your heart at the thought of having to admit who Jesus is. And so in a moment, we are going to respond to that. Um, 
I'm going to do the, the one about where you feel like you fit in first and then, um, and then we'll do the fear one second. Is that all right? Is that okay? Just say, just say yes. Interact with me. Is that okay? Thank you very much. Right. I, um, if you think, actually, you know that this morning you know this is for you. This is your thing. You want to have a passion to see people saved, to see people added, to see people transformed. I'm going to ask you to stand up. Just stand up where you are. That's amazing. Look at this. Look, look around. Have a look at all these evangelists. Seriously. Have a look at you guys. Do you know what? Jesus used 12 men. He used 12. And the, the world was changed. Imagine what God is going to do through you guys. Just imagine. You know, today you're going to go back to your campsites. And there might even be people in your groups that are not yet saved. And you can tell them your story. You can tell them what Jesus has done for you. You don't need to wait till you get home. You can start today. A nation can be transformed with this group of amazing people here. So would you just kindly just put your hands out. Just put them out. We're just going to receive. I'm going to begin to pray. We've got a team of people that will come and lay hands on you. And I haven't forgotten the people that are afraid. Don't worry, I'm going to get to that. But just begin to just close your eyes. I know it's noisy. I apologize for that. But actually, this is a moment between you and God. This is a Holy Spirit moment. And you can actually, everything else can be blocked out. Focus your eyes on Jesus the creator, the author, and the perfecter of your faith, the one that loves you, the one that has given his life for you, the one that says this morning, I want to commission you. And the team is just going around laying hands on people. And I'm just going to pray for you guys. Father, I ask you to come now. And I ask you to come and go deep with people. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to come and to cause a confidence to be risen in the lives of people here. Like a holy, bold confidence that causes people to talk about what you have done, about who you are. Father, I pray for your Holy Spirit to just do a transforming work in the lives of people here today. Some of you right now are just experiencing the presence of God and you just know that you are being changed. And for others of you, they are like, I'm not even sure what's going on right now. I don't feel anything. And this is a moment where you exercise faith, even if you're not feeling anything. It's not about the feelings. It's about saying, no, I'm nailing my colors to the mast. I'm going to choose to believe what God says. And God says, he can and will use me. That he has begun a good work in me and will carry it through to completion. 
And it's in that moment that you make the choice. It really isn't about the feelings. It's about resolving something in your mind. And God does the work in your heart and in your, in your body. It is it's a choice that you're making. You're saying, I am in, I'm counted in. I am going to talk about the one that has rescued me, the one that has saved me, the one that has positioned me to be here. That there is no accident I'm in this seminar today, that I'm at New Day, because I needed to know that I am called by God. You start a brave thing standing up. And I want you to stay standing, and I'm not even looking, I've got my eyes closed. But those of you that are worried about telling people, those of you that just, just struggle, I want you to just stand with us now. We've all got our eyes closed, and I know it's scary. But in standing, that's, that's your prayer, that's your action of saying, God, I'm scared, but I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to choose to trust you. And I'm just going to pray for you as well. Take the authority I have in Jesus and I tell all fear to go because you have no place or right here. These are the children of God. They belong to Jesus. So Holy Spirit, just come. Father, I pray for for anybody that is worried, concerned, or fearful, that they would know your incredible love and that they would know they can also be used by you. And Father, I now want to pray a blessing over every single person here, (laughs) that they would just know real joy and laughter, know that you have prepared good things for them to do. And that they are charged with doing the work of the evangelist. Father, I pray you'd make them fruitful. That they would see many people saved and added. That they would bear much fruit in their schools, in their colleges, in their workplaces, in their communities. And to the ends of the earth. Amen.